Okay, are you ready? Welcome to Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. We are a group of DDB interns. Can I just do the intro and then look at my friends? Right, you're taking away from airtime. Sorry, are we rolling? Quiet on set, Hi, welcome to Totally Qualified. This is our fourth bonus episode. My name is Tatum O'Donnell and I'm the studio intern. And today I have with me our director, Jenny Long. Thank you for coming yeah. with us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And then you're, did you have executive, you're senior art director, correct? Well, the title is officially associate creative director okay, cool. of art. They do like ACD slash art. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so if you just kind of want to start with how you got to this role, like your path, because I know you're coming from Toronto. Mm -hmm. So kind of an interesting background. Yeah. Um, so I spent most of my career in Toronto. Um, I was very lucky enough to know that I wanted to get into advertising or graphic design um, at a pretty young age uh, in high school, actually. So I was on student council and I was doing all the posters and I would skip class to do all the dance posters and I'd like paint them by hand. And I loved that. And I remember my guidance counselor having to talk to me about skipping classes <laughs> um, and kind of letting me know that there is there are jobs where you can actually do this for a living. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I looked up the programs that she sent me and um, there happened to be a, a program at Humber. So that's like a college in Toronto and it was an advertising and graphic design program. So I took that course. Um, it was a two year program. It was awesome. Um, but I came out of it kind of wondering if I wanted to do design or advertising art direction. And uh, I actually tried graphic design for a little bit. Like I, I worked at a design studio at a PR agency called Veritas uh, in Toronto, which was really cool because you got to make all kinds of stuff. Um, but then I realized, you know, I think I want to work in advertising. So I interned uh, at an agency there and then kind of moved up from there. Thankfully, I, I got to work at like some of the best agencies in Toronto, so I was really lucky. Um, but I think the thing that I realized the most was that even though I was struggling with whether I wanted to be a designer or an art director, there are places where you can do both, which I think a lot of students come out of school thinking like, oh, I don't I don't know which way I should lean, which one I'm better at. Uh, but there are agencies that actually really value design at the same time. So, you know, as long as you kind of express to agencies that you want to be able to do design as well, they'll give you those projects. So I've been really lucky enough to, to get those kind of opportunities. Um, and then, yeah, I worked, um, one of my first agencies was Zulu Alpha Kilo, uh, which is an independent shop in Toronto. And then I went to John Street uh, and now I'm here. So that's okay. yeah, this is my first U.S. agency. <laughs> and how is it? I mean, it's pretty it cool. It's super different from like the, the Canadian market. So I'm learning a lot. Um, but yeah, it's like bigger clients, more money. <laughs> Definitely. Um, the projects are better. Um, but then, you know, because there's more money, things actually take a little longer too. So it's just completely different. It's and pretty cool. Do you consider this one of the agencies where you can have a lot of graphic design influence or? Yeah, I do find that. I mean, I know there's a design department um, here at DDB, but uh, I have been, you know, helping out with a lot of the design as well. So I, it's nice that, you know, even with certain ECDs that work here, they they love design. So they're able to kind of notice or I guess, the ECDs here are able to see which art directors have a design background and really utilize that skill. So it works out. That's really cool. Yeah. And so here, what are your kind of day-to-days? I know, like, you said that it hops around a lot, but yeah. 
I guess on an average day, what are you going to be working on or what can you expect? I mean, there's there's almost like two types of days. One would be like brainstorming days, which is um, I tend to come in, kind of catch up on emails. And then from there, just brainstorming, like sitting in in a booth or, you know, at a coffee shop to just like brainstorm with my partner. Um, And then the other kind of day would be production. And that's where it's completely different. I mean, you're usually not in the office at all. Um, You're on set or you're um, at an editing session, color session. So I guess it really depends on what stage you're at in the project. Lately, I've been doing a lot of brainstorming days. So uh, literally just sitting at uh, tables and booths, just brainstorming with people. So, And since you're having to brainstorm, I mean, are you going to be working on several different projects at one time? Are you kind of putting like a week into one brand or one. Yeah. I mean, the nature of it is we work on many projects at a time. Um, And if it is only one project, like there are cases where we only do one thing at a time, one project at a time. And that's amazing. (laughs) But a lot of times it's, you know, you kind of have to split up your day between like, you know, working on blue moon in the morning and then um, capital one in the afternoon, just kind of have to block out those, those times. And so what's your advice for when you're having to switch from that like how do you get out of the mindset from working on a beer company to then going to insurance and like a credit card I mean like oh that's a good question I mean I guess I'm just so used to it now because I mean I think these days where we get more and more different kinds of projects happening so you're constantly just switching and you just kind of get used to it I guess reading the brief (laughs) You know what I mean? So if I'm, I'm working on Capital One and I need to switch to Blue Moon, I'll just kind of go back to the brief to reset and remember like what I need to do. Um, yeah, it tends to be reading the last couple sentences of my the last ideas I had too. like that could help because then you want to continue that thought. So, so yeah. do you kind of just sit there and you when you say you're brainstorming ideas, like are you and your partner just spitting out a bunch and you yes. make a pool and then you go back and delve deeper into them? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, What's kind of your process when you're brainstorming, Mm -hmm. like for any given brand? I would say, well, for me, what I like to do is I write down the first things that come to mind at the briefing or like the first day or first hour, (laughs) if it's a tight timeline. Um, And then obviously, as as those come about, I'm pitching them to my partner all the time. Um, And then I like to also share ideas with just other people around me like just random people to kind of get a fresh perspective and that's usually really helpful and then let's say I'm stuck I tend to just go on the internet and read like I'm I'm just looking for insights and you know just reading what people think about a certain brand or you know whatever topic I'm working on um I find that really helps it's just reading and doing your research and you said like what people think about so when you're reading are you reading specific like blue moon if Are you Mm going to be reading about Blue Moon articles or are you just going to be consuming any kind of media? Yeah, I won't just search what do people think of the brand. It'll be like, um, you know, moon beliefs. What do people think about the moon or why are people so intrigued by it? Or uh, sometimes it's just, you know, horoscopes, like who knows anything that's related (laughs) to it. Like there could be something there. Um, Like I know there was one project you're working on about Blue Moon and I, I got pretty deep into just learning about like lunatics and how the moon affects certain people. Wow. Um, and then there was all this data around, you know, hospitals actually get more calls um, and people coming in on the night of a full moon, which is really interesting. Like you would yeah. never know that you got to just 
you gotta read about it to find out. Is that where the word lunatic comes from? Yeah. Like Luna? Exactly. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. <laughs> Which is cool, right? Because then you can so come up with an idea that has to do with lunatics. It's kind of interesting. Like you would you wouldn't think that for a beer, but <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, because would Blue Moon ever let you kind of go down that path, or are they kind of one that has a pretty set branding in mind? Yeah, I think you'd have to kind of figure out where that comfort level is. Obviously, we never presented lunatics to them, but, you know, it, it was an interesting path to go on and, and yeah. you know, see if, you know, are the, the ECD would like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you just find out through researching and reading on stuff, you know? Yeah. And I guess one of the biggest questions I have, like, as an art director for your job working at this big agency, because like you said, when you moved here, this is the biggest brands with the biggest mm-hmm. budgets. How much creative freedom do you still have? Or how much are you setting to boundaries? Well, I think that's why uh, some of these projects that I've been working on have been pretty awesome is because it is very open. So, yeah, I would say there is the briefs sometimes are even just like just something that generates PR. <laughs> like that's pretty open and pretty awesome to to have as a brief. So I think that's why it's it's really cool. The projects that we work on here I would say are a lot better than some of the ones that I've had in the past. (laughs) At the same time, I do like boxes though, right? Yeah. So it depends. I guess it depends on the project. (laughs) That's cool. Being able to switch all of that. But what's your favorite project that you've worked on here so far? Or Hmm. what's one that you've had to go really out there with a creative idea or something that you're really proud of that you brought to the table? Blue Moon had a project where they wanted us to come up with brand acts to just do something that generated PR um, so one of the ideas that we brought forward that never ended up happening, but it was really awesome. And if we could do it, I would I would be so happy. Um, but the idea was called Brewed by the Moon. And um, it was based on this information that we found out through reading the Internet that when the moon is full, the tides are constantly like they're much higher, the tides in the water. And so there's a way to generate energy from those tides so the idea was to um, use the power of the moon and the tides to brew a bottle of beer. That's so cool. Oh <laughs> so God. way too much work, I think. Like, <laughs> I think that would have been really hard to do, yeah. uh, especially in time for that deadline. But it's just something that I was really excited about just because it, yeah. it felt really big. And I think eventually it would be awesome if breweries could actually use the energy using tides versus... Yeah you know, electrical yeah. um, energy. It's a nice a cool sustainability social, thing. Yeah, it's such yeah. a cool social movement because that's so yeah. important. And so it's, I think it would be such a good engagement with mm-hmm. the community. Be like, yeah. Oh, we're actually using the moon to brew blue moon. Exactly. I would buy that. I would totally <laughs> get that. But uh, kind of going into that, but how do you keep your creativity, creativity flowing from projects like this? And how do you keep getting those cool big ideas that nobody thinks of? That happened. I know. I think everyone has a different formula. I don't really have a formula other than just like reading, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Um, I do tend to follow all the award shows and I almost like study them to know what the bar is. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of reminds you of like, wow, these are some pretty big ideas that are winning awards out there right now. And, you know, it kind of just keeps me up to date on what's considered good these days so okay and do you know what trends have been changing or what's current right now I mean obviously it's cause related stuff 
mm-hmm. these days. Um, but I also know that that's a trend that's going to go away pretty soon just because I feel like all the brands are doing it now. Um, I, I think that the next thing, or maybe it's already actually getting in there is it's health. Anything that's kind of health related, um, is going to do well, especially knowing that it can, for example, the health category, not a lot of people are entering into those categories, uh, because it's a lot of pharma work, right? So, um, it's actually really smart to actually start entering those categories for whatever innovation you've come up with. Really cool. That's something so, that I've noticed. <laughs> so, by health, do you mean like fitness companies and and that, or more of the like drugs and hospitals and stuff? Well, that's the thing. Like anything could be considered um, health related if it's helping you stay healthier. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it could be something as simple as like a wristband that could tell you your heart rate for an energy drink company. You know what I mean? Like the brand does not have to be a health brand, but the idea, the innovation that you come up with, that could be health related, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's kind of, it, it's much more open that way, which is nice. This is kind of a different tangent, but you're just pulling that out, the wristband for uh, some <laughs> energy drink. Sorry. It's just, yeah. No, it's funny that you said that. And so do you find like inspiration strikes for like a random project when you're out with friends or something? And then do you just kind of keep it on the back burner? Or like, yeah, I don't know. How do you use these random ideas that pop in your head and actually make them ideas? Uh, yeah it's definitely like if if I'm in if I'm having a conversation with someone and something really interesting comes up like just an observation comes up I will definitely write it down on my phone and like I literally have a list on my phone in my notes section of just little nuggets of stuff that have come up that I want to do something for but I haven't figured it out yet um they tend to be like little insights right like one of the things that my boyfriend my boyfriend also works in advertising he works at Leo Burnett and we were talking about how funny it was that all the AI voices are female. Um, and what does that do, you know, for children and society? You know, why is it that all these assistants are always female versus male? Could we do something like that? I still don't know, but it's just a really interesting nugget that I write down that maybe one day there will be an idea for. <laughs> That's so cool. And yeah. just kind of in the back of your head, always waiting to apply it to something. Yes. Or like, you know, the face app stuff that was coming out everywhere. Oh yeah, the old person. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to think of something I could use that for. That's what, that's the thing. <laughs> like, how do you stay current because of how long these processes take? And so like, by the time if you did use something. I know. Would it almost come across more negatively that like, if you came out like a month or two yeah. later? Timing is definitely it, key. I yeah. mean, Sometimes like ideas will come up a bit later and it does feel a bit late, but the best stuff tends to be when it's like current and you, you think of something right away and you jump on it and you make it happen. Yeah. Um, that's the stuff that I find most successful, but I mean, it's hard to say when <laughs> that idea will happen right in front right. of you. So how long do these processes usually take? Like if you, the first day some trend popped up and you made an idea, how long would it like realistically take? to get into market oh god as fast as you want to make it happen to be honest right yeah um i worked on something for cyberbullying, and that's a topic that's been around for a long time but um i think it took us maybe a couple of weeks to put the video together and you know cyberbullying is always on trend <laughs> or not on trend that's a horrible word to say <laughs> but it's something that's always being talked about so i think that that was nice because it's not like it has to happen right now. Mm-hmm. 
it, you could launch it, you know, a couple months later because you know it's always going to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so kind of going in a different direction, but since you're working on so many projects at work, what, what are some ways that you can decompress or keep your mind in the right mode instead of always in work mode, but still keeping your creativity? Um, yeah. So actually, the, I started a passion project on the side because I was having a pretty shitty day at work. I would consider a passion project as something where like you love doing on the side. It's not work related necessarily, but it's just something it's like a little hobby, I guess. But it's creativity related. Um, for me, that project is CD Wisdom. So it kind of started when I was having a shitty day at work. <laughs> it was just one of those days where like the creative director was not liking anything <laughs> I had come up with. Um, and I I love typography. I've always loved kind of doodling letters and all that. So I started doing that just on the side. And I realized that it was actually really good therapy for me. Like I was able to kind of turn my mind off and only focus on every letter or word that I was, you know, illustrating. Um, and CD Wisdom started because I knew I loved drawing letters, but I also, when it comes to like wisdom and advice from really successful creative directors or creative people, um, I'm a sponge for that kind of stuff. Like I love to write that stuff down, but I never knew what to do with it. So I decided to combine that with hand lettering. Um, so that's a project that I started doing. And I, I find that every time I do it, I just, I'll start at, you know, 5 PM and I'll just, I'll be done. And I'll, it'll be like 12, it'll be midnight <laughs> because I completely lost myself, you know, working on it. Um, and it's also something that, that helps, I think mentally, because when you're as a creative in advertising, when your entire day, your emotions are kind of defined by your creative directors and whether they like something or, you know, whether a client decides to kill an idea or whatever. It's so much rely there, it relies so much on what other people think in the room. Um, it's it's really nice to have something on the side that you're just kind of doing for yourself and you don't have a boss <laughs> to have to show your stuff to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I'm done a piece of artwork for CD Wisdom and I like it, I'll just post it. You know what I mean? There's no like rounds of feedback that I have to navigate. It's mm -hmm. just something I love and I put it up there. So. I love that. It's just the importance of keeping what you considered creative to the first place. Because I think everyone that's a creative or an art director in this industry was like saw themselves as really creative. And so that's yeah. why they got into it. Yeah. And so kind of getting back to that core of why you're in the industry in the first place. Totally. is really important. Yeah. Do you know how like what are some other passion projects that people do other than like hand lettering? Like, didn't you? Because I remember we talked about it previous time. Some people like cook or they like play music. Nothing necessarily like yeah. advertising creative, but totally. still like just their own passions. Yeah, I my old partner had a podcast that he did with a friend, <laughs> but they would just talk about music. Um, so that was kind of his way of doing it. Um, I know a writer who did slam poetry on the side, <laughs> which is a whole nother thing that I don't know about. Um, yeah. But she loved it and it helps her kind of like present better. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I... Oh, I have a, a writer, also a writer, <laughs> who's really into scents. So like 
for yeah. her hobby, like her passion project, all she does is like studies scents and perfumes. That's and so weird. <laughs> she like did classes to actually design her own perfume line. It, it's really cool. <laughs> That's so interesting. Completely random. That's but... something you would never even think about. Exactly. That somebody would be like, like, you know, people like the way things smell, but not but yeah. as like a intense passion. Like, I know. I'm going to figure that out. I know. That's so cool. Totally. But um, also that as an art director, how things are moving um, do you kind of want to talk about how the position itself has changed? Because uh, you mentioned the hybrid position yes. of how you have to ha- wear a lot of different hats totally. in the agency. Yeah, but. so I think traditionally, you know, in an ad agency, art directors will be an art director. Writers will stay writers. They don't really cross over. They'll brainstorm and all that. But, you know, art director will not really pay too much attention to the crafting of like a headline because obviously the writer will will do that part um but i'm finding that more and more these days there's more hybrids um as agencies are getting a little smaller um you know people just value people who have more than one skill um and that's the thing i think you can discover those little skills as you're working in an agency or in a creative space you don't realize that you can actually do that other thing so for example I did not know that I could illustrate <laughs> until um, I was working on a campaign for Corona and the design director that was on it said, oh, your sketches look pretty good. Like, why don't you just do the illustrations? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't I don't know how to illustrate. <laughs> and she was like, no, just do it. But like digitize it. And I was like, oh, OK, so I did it. And then I discovered that, oh, I guess I can illustrate <laughs> That's so cool. You know what I mean? Like you just don't have the confidence, but as you start talking to people and they, some people will see a certain skill that you have that you don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like building your confidence to actually make it happen. Yeah. Um, I discovered that directing food videos is not that hard to do <laughs> um, for like a, a social campaign that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned obviously from a director and a DP that was, on the first shoot but then from then on they're like our budgets are so tight that we're gonna need you to just direct everything and again I was like (laughs) I don't really know how to do that (laughs) that first leap would be really scary I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I have no idea so the first time I did that they're like okay Jenny you're the director for this and I was like okay (laughs) I remember saying action before like just way too early. So I would say action. And I'm like, wait, wait, we haven't rolled yet. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you got to like wait till them to say rolling camera action. Like, I mean, you don't have to say action necessarily, but you have to kind of wait to make sure that tapes rolling, <laughs> which I didn't know. I didn't like, you know what I mean? I don't usually do that. Right? So you never think of that like little yeah. step that's so important, but you're like, oh, it just happens. Exactly. But, um, oh, so do you have any advice of how people are that are new in the industry or like aspiring art directors or anything? Is there something that they should look for to be kind of become that hybrid or is it just inherent qualities? Like you said, that people mm-hmm. will just see it in you and then. Well, I definitely think it's worth seeing what else you could do. I mean, you never know until you try. And that's what happened with me. Um, like I know some art directors that do like photography on the side um, or they actually write music on the side. Like there's all these things that people want to do, but they never think they can they have the confidence to do it. So I'd say just like try stuff, just go out there and try stuff, take classes. I think that's also really cool is to like be able to like try get into something like jewelry making, let's say. And then if you you realize, okay, this is not for me, then you move on to the next hobby yeah. or class that you could, you know, get your hands on. Is there a way that um, 
any hobby, like you just said, like something that would never be associated with like jewelry making. Do people use those artistic skills to bring it back into their advertising career? Like regardless if it's going to be like shooting a video or like right. shooting photography, but just that kind of creative outlet. Does Sometimes. it build their skills? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely used a lot of my like hobby skills, I guess you could yeah. say, um, in advertising and a lot of my work. So, I mean, it, it really depends. I mean, jewelry making might be a little bit random, <laughs> yeah. but you never know. Like maybe you're, you're going to do, you're, you come up with an experiential idea and actually a lot of it has to do with designing like the set of the place. Mm-hmm. Jewelry making could totally lend itself into that, you know? I love that. It's just yeah. a creative industry. So everything is going to... Totally. So it's just about doing stuff. Yeah. Outside of it. Yeah. And so you are an art director with your copywriter. Like you guys as a creative team are in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the difference of being in the pool versus being assigned to one specific brand? So at first I thought there was a huge difference because from the way it is at my last agency, we never had dedicated accounts. Like everyone worked on everything. So the idea of working on only one account, I just did, was not into. So they put me in the creative pool. Um, but what I'm realizing now is that it really doesn't matter because um, I know people who work on the State Farm account and they'll still get to work on a bunch of other projects, like other clients. So the only major difference I would say is that in the creative pool, I sense that we don't get as much client facing time and which I totally get. I think it's because why would they want to put you in front of a client and then they'll never see you again (laughs) or potentially, you know, until like maybe five projects later, like you want to kind of put someone in front of the client that's going to be consistent. Right. So I totally understand that. So that would be the major difference is how much like client facing time you get. Um, Other than that, you think the same you get to work on the different all the different brands um yeah that's cool. <laughs> yeah um and I think just wrapping up for the session um what's one piece of advice you would have for people still in school or just coming out of school that are aspiring to become an art director and have that creative input in the whole advertising process I would say like talk to people talk to as many people as you can um whether it's getting feedback on your portfolio or whether it's just getting advice on how to break into the industry I think there's a lot of people who are willing to help and give advice you know I need I feel like we need more young talent coming in and especially you know diversity I think it needs to be we need more and more diverse talent pool. So I, I'm definitely really happy to talk to anybody who wants to get in to it. Um, and you might get some people that just absolutely hate your work, but then you move on. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys just aren't aligned and maybe that's not the right agency for you. You just kind of move on. You talk to more people and eventually things will probably work out if you work hard enough and actually take the advice that people give you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That's good. All right. Well, uh, this has been the fourth and final bonus episode of the summer 2019 internship at DVB. Thank you so much for listening and catch our episodes next week. Bye.